Hello, and welcome back to Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers. This is our third season. I'm Christine, one third of the Seven Jars team. Our podcast is all about recovery and healing after a stroke or any life-altering event. Kind of like a virtual support group to let you know you're not alone. I'm one of the hosts and also a stroke survivor. One of the things stroke took from me was my sense of taste, but I love hot pickled peppers. A big clue into the name of our podcast. Our goal is to give you information and inspiration. Join us and join the conversation. Welcome to Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers. Season three, episode one, setbacks. Still on the roller coaster. Hello, this is Ken. The information, conversations, and advice provided by Christine and Ken, the hosts of the podcast, Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, are not a substitute for the advice and treatment plan provided by your own healthcare professional. Further, it's not intended to be an adjunct to any existing or proposed advice or treatment plan you may currently be receiving from your healthcare professional. Each individual, their family, and their own journey is truly unique. The information provided through the podcast and from guests is general in nature and solely intended to let listeners know that they are not alone, that there are resources available to them, and to provide information for rehabilitation and treatment. Please discuss your own personal needs and circumstances with your healthcare provider. You can join the conversation on YouTube and Facebook at Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers for our video version of the podcast. You can check out our website at sevenjarsofhotpickledpeppers.com or you can download our podcasts on iTunes or Podbean. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Seven Jars. Now it's time for Quote of the Cast. Every setback might be the very thing that makes you carry on and fight all the harder and become much better. Les Paul. In today's podcast, Christine is going to share some unexpected twists and turns in our roller coaster ride of life. It was almost 20 months and 22 days since I was first diagnosed with a hemorrhagic stroke. I was getting ready to go back to work for a trial. If truth be told, I think my neurologist didn't believe I'd be able to manage working again. The drive-in, the daily stressors, decisions to make, using a computer, being on task for required amounts of time. These were all demands that would quickly use up my reservoir of energy a reservoir that took more time and effort to refill. But I was excited to try. In my mind, the gaps in my recovery would magically replenish once I was back. I would again be part of a team with common goals. I had received that external validation that my days were spent doing something worthwhile. And I would get paid. There'd be opportunities, and you can't forget that social aspect of being at work. Ken, we've never spent so much time together, have we? 
Well, you know, Christine, that is true. We have never spent so much time together. Uh, and you know, if there was one good thing about your stroke, I think it was that, that we get to spend way more time together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watching you work so hard to get back to work, um, only to have another event was really hard. Um, I wasn't too sure whether you'd be able to get back there uh, as much as you loved it. I, I think you agreed with my neurologist. I did, and I do. But I could not be swayed. I had something to prove. I was the driving force in my return. Having set up a whole proposal with how many weeks at how many hours until I was again full time. And most things were in place for my return to work. I just needed one more phone call from work to confirm my plan. So remember, to prepare, I was going on the treadmill, practicing driving, sewing. I was even inspired to start research on a new quilt. For sure, you were uh, pushing yourself really hard. And and you can't forget, too, that that was at Christmas time when things are always more busy. Uh, well, you were right. As I perused through some of those quilting magazines and looking at patterns on the computer, I started to feel sick. Flipping pages or scrolling on the computer screen was making me dizzy, then queezing. So then I switched to reading, but the words were hard to see. I was even having troubles comprehending the content. Then I went on to television. That was manageable, but I resorted to shows I had already watched. That night I slept poorly, with bits of dreams that left me feeling anxious. Yes, and uh, of course, as usual, you didn't talk about it at all. No, I didn't want to believe anything was wrong. That next morning, I was so tired and still feeling dizzy and nauseous. My sensory symptoms were off the charts bothersome. Remember, I started wearing a toque in the house. My internal voice started speaking up, though, telling me something was wrong. So I decided to take my blood pressure. I do take it regularly, It had been an indicator the last time my brain um, was bleeding. It was again sky high. Wow, it's usually spot on normal, even a little low. (sighs) So remember we called Cammie, our nurse practitioner? Yes, and sister. And uh, Cammie's been on a couple of previous podcasts with us as well. And uh, she has so much experience uh, in the the whole field. It's wonderful to be able to uh, reach out and... uh, call her oh for sure and again she said go to the hospital get it checked out trying to be calm so not to worry us more so off to the hospital we went the emergency doctor ordered a ct scan it revealed some new bleeding remember we just couldn't believe couldn't comprehend what had happened we asked three times before we believed him yeah, I just, uh, I couldn't believe it. I just kept thinking I'd misunderstood him as well. And like, what a shock that was. Oh, it sure was. And then the ER doc was in consultation with the neurosurgeon. I was so scared that I might have to have surgery no kidding. that night. But again, the place where the bleed happened stopped them from doing any surgery. Luckily, it was small. And it seemed that waiting was again the best treatment, unless my symptoms worsened. I thought I'd learned my lessons from my first stroke. 
I thought I'd learned patience, acceptance. Turns out I was only fooling myself. Everything came crashing down around me. I felt so poorly, both physically and mentally. I spent the next week wrapped in a mist of muddled emotions. I had said all the right words before and during my recovery and my plans for the future. I'd said those words without really believing them. But turns out I had learned some lessons. After that week, I started lifting my head to take in what had happened. Sometimes you have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. This newest bleed marked the end of my breakdown, which started almost two years ago and the beginning of my breakthrough. I had to start practicing what I preached. I had to really listen to all those teachers around me that had so much to offer. I reflected on some of my speaking engagements where I felt so honored to share my story. I reflected on our previous podcasts and all the wisdom from our amazing guests. One of our guests, Alan Frew, in Season 2, Episode 1, said the wise words, Why me? Why not me? That is so true. You know, um, yeah, very dynamic fellow. So true. Bad things do happen to good people, to, to all of us. Agreed. All of us are on a journey. All of us are fighting some sort of battle. It's said when hard times happen, the true nature of faith will be revealed. It's during hard times we realize how strong we are. I had learned enough, and I took the time to really think about life before I did anything. What would happen now was all up to me. My decisions and actions would determine how things would move forward. <laughs> I had some choices to make. I felt like my world was ending. I just wanted to stay cocooned in my foggy shroud. But re-watching some of my favorite disaster movie movies gave me a new way to look at things. How would I feel if I knew the world was really going to end? Would any of this matter? I love disaster movies. Yes, you do love disaster movies. And uh, that's kind of been the reason why we have watched so many of them. <laughs> well, there are so many about world catastrophes. I mean, plagues, alien invasions, zombie apocalypse. Okay, now you're talking. That seems, uh, you know, the whole zombie thing is, I love that. And, and there always seems to be a real human dilemma happening in those. Uh, they're fascinating. I know. And in watching the movies and thinking about it, what really matters is letting the people closest know how much I love them, to appreciate and find joy in every day I'm given. That's the lesson I think I really needed to learn. I had to stop focusing on the destination and appreciate the journey, not just say the words. I'm thankful for what I have. Yeah, I, I think accepting your situation is is uh, really important. And, and, you know, it's it's personal and different for everyone. Um, it, it takes time, too, to see things clearly and, and to move through those things. It does. And giving yourself patience. So... Have I finally learned? I think so. I hope so. I'm sure not perfect, but 
expects me to be. I was the only one who had that expectation. I was stuck in one loop-de-loop of my roller coaster ride, unable to move on. It took two seasons of our podcast and another bleed to finally accept what had happened, to start moving forward. While learning real patience, I've learned to put my concentration into each and every day of my roller coaster ride instead of always thinking about what's next. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have goals or plans for our future. It means I'm not robbing the wonder of today by thinking about tomorrow. The meaning of my life is seeing the beauty in each of us, discovering joy in the present, helping others. Everything happens the way it is intended to, and that's a comforting thought. My life is not what I thought it would be, but I've learned it is what it is, what it's supposed to be. Sure, I've had a few setbacks, and there may be more coming. Well, I sure hope not. <laughs> Me too, but you know, life experiences make us who we are, but they do not limit what we can become. Every one of us is on a journey. My strokes are but one small part of my life, and they taught me valuable lessons. They even created new possibilities. Explore the opportunities your challenges may bring you. You never know what might happen. Surviving my strokes are a gift. And what I've learned has helped me become the person I'm meant to be. It's a direction I never would have considered, but maybe this was always the intent. My strokes were the signal for my life to change course to spread this message, to help others. I'm living each day present and open to what may be waiting for me to discover. I'm learning to appreciate every moment of my journey, have faith in what life is trying to teach me. So be thankful for every step, every day of your journey, even the tough setback days. It's all for you. And remember, you're not alone. During the roller coaster ride of life, help is there, even if the help is not what you expect. So sit back, strap yourself in, enjoy the ride. So why me? Why not me? And I thank God for it. Did you know that you can follow us on Twitter? at seven jars we post daily with all the latest stroke research innovation and inspiration follow us now it's time for the joke of the week you know ken when i was at work i often had to climb ladders yeah i remember i was worried about you I didn't tell you, but once I fell off a 50-foot ladder. A 50-foot ladder, and you didn't tell me? Did you hurt yourself? Well, luckily I was only on the first step. Oh, brother. <laughs> now it's time for our segment on survivor stories. We'd love to hear from you. 
If you'd like to share your own stroke or survival story, or your experience as a caregiver, you can submit your story through our website at Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, or personal message us on Facebook. We look forward to reading your story. Paul shares his journey with stroke, read by Ken. I'm so proud of my son. He saved my life after I suffered a major stroke. Tom, my son, had called and asked if I wanted to go for a jog with him. It had been a long day at work, stressful, and I thought this might be a good way to unwind. I was in pretty good shape, nothing like my son, but still, I thought it would clear my head. We started slowly, and after about 10 minutes, Tom started speeding things up. I wasn't feeling great and struggled to keep up, and Tom noticed, so we stopped. He saw the left side of my face was drooping, and I guess I was talking all garbled. Tom walked me back to the car and drove me to the hospital. I didn't even realize where we were going. The emergency doctor quickly made an initial diagnosis of stroke, an ischemic stroke. I had a blockage in the central carotid artery. The stroke took me completely by surprise. I considered myself healthy and was active, and ate pretty good too. I didn't consider the other risk factors such as stress, high blood pressure, anxiety, lack of sleep. I was a workaholic, and my grandfather and aunt had passed away from stroke. My stroke profoundly changed me. I have a brain injury. Every day is a mix of conflicting emotions and challenges and consistent tiredness. I struggle with depression and what I used to be. I joined a stroke survivor group, and that has helped. I have found a new calm. I still have dreams and desires, but I'm learning to adapt to them as to what I can do now. It will be a lifelong road. In ending, I would like to express heartfelt gratitude for my medical team who saved me and my family who puts up with the new me and always gives me hugs when I need them. Thank you, Paul, for your honest and brave story while adapting to your new normal. And yes, we all need hugs. And now it's time for Simply Put. Hey, this is Christine. Here's the simple answers to questions you may have about stroke or your brain. These answers are from my personal experience with stroke and in no way replace the care and advice from your own healthcare provider. I'm no doctor, and sometimes I need simple answers to my question. So here's Simply Put. Hey, Christine, could you tell me what is a stroke? Well, simply put, a stroke is a sudden interruption in the blood supply to the brain. When blood is blocked, it starts causing damage to that part of the brain because the brain is no longer getting the oxygen and nutrients from the blood. There are treatments, but you have to act fast. And that's, that's simply, simply put. put. Fast. Recognizing the signs of stroke can be the first step to getting the best treatment for yourself or someone you love. Use the word fast to help you to remember. Face, is it drooping? Arms, can you raise both? Speech, is it slurred or jumbled? Time, call 911 right away. 
don't drive yourself to the hospital. The ambulance can help you en route and will take you to where you need to be. Fast. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, or if you have any questions, comments, jokes, or ideas for future topics, contact us at our website, sevenjarsofhotpickledpeppers.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to hear more about Christine's journey, please check out the website. Her book is available for purchase. That's all for today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember, it's during hard times, during setbacks, we realize how strong we can be. Thanks for listening. Goodbye and good health. Thank you.